tonight we'll be looking at a feeling that I believe every Christian experiences throughout their life. While this morning we're talking about how we need to expect encounters with God. We need to expect encounters with God. This evening we're going to kind of look at the contrast to that, and that is having a numbness towards God, being numb towards God. There will come a time in your life where it feels that you just can't find God. It almost seems as though he were silent. For those of you who have experienced God, it is a feeling that you will never forget, and it's a feeling that you would never want to lose. But sadly, there are moments and times when we do lose the feeling of being connected to God, and those times are never easy. I don't know about you, but one of my least favorite things when it in not necessarily in life, but an experience that I do not enjoy is going to the dentist. I don't know about you, but I despise it. I don't want to go to the dentist. I don't enjoy it. It doesn't matter if it's just a cleaning or whatever the case may be. I do not want to go. Um, but in the times that I have gone, there have been times where I came out clean and I was fine and I was good to go. But then there were other times where I had some cavities. And cavities are no fun. Because for one thing, I am... I don't know if it's the nerves in my mouth are just extra sensitive, but it just seems like no matter how many times they stick the needle in my gums and try to numb me, it seems like I can still feel everything that is going on, and I just hate it so much. Um, and not even to mention the sounds that are going on when they're doing the work in there. It just sends chills down my spine, and I hate it. And what's even worse about it is at the end of it all, by the time that they've put two or three shots of that numbing stuff into my mouth, after the fact, it seems like now I can't feel anything at all. I feel like I can't talk right. I'm just totally numb in whatever part of my mouth they were working on. And it just seems like it lasts as long as it possibly can. They, they tell you it's, it's going to wear off in a certain amount of time. But it seemed like for me, every time, it was always way longer than they had promised me. And while that numbness is meant to save you from a pain, oftentimes we experience quite a bit of pain when we start to feel numb towards God. When we feel like God is nowhere to be found. Why does this happen? Why, when we first get into a relationship with God, we're ready to go, we're excited, we're happy about the changes that God has brought about in our life, and we're on fire for God, but then as time goes on, it seems like that excitement begins to fade. During that time, we read our Bible every day, and we learned so much, and we would pray, and we would know that God was speaking back to us, and we felt like we were closer to God than ever. That feeling is amazing. Then all of a sudden, it vanishes. And there are moments in our lives where we feel as though we lost the desire to talk to God. We lost the desire to read the Bible. Maybe not right away, but maybe there were a few times where we forgot. 
It just slipped our minds. And before you know it, the next time we try to read the Bible or pray to God, it just feels like we got nothing in return. And when we prayed, it didn't seem like we got an answer. We feel alone. Why does this happen? Did God leave? I know that at times we may feel as though God has left us. But the truth is, God doesn't go anywhere. God never changes. We are the ones that change. We waver back and forth, but God remains constant. We are either constantly moving closer to God or further away from Him. And if you are not moving towards Him, you're fading away from Him. There's no middle ground for us. Either you are pressing forward in faith and you are learning and growing, or you're shrinking, or you're fading away, or losing interest. What I've come to find out that through my studies of the Scriptures, I found that there are times where we feel numb towards God. I found that there are three very different things that lead us to feel numb towards God. And the chances are, if you are feeling numb towards God at this moment, you may be experiencing one of those things. The first thing that can cause us to feel numb towards God is spiritual apathy. Spiritual apathy. Spiritual apathy in the life of a Christian is caused by sin. I'm sure each and every one of you at some point in your life has been spiritually apathetic. But how do you identify what it is? How do you identify that it is spiritual apathy? One could be a lack of desire to go to church. One of those things could be a lack of wanting to pray or even talk about spiritual things. During times of spiritual apathy, we tend to forget about things that are spiritual. Oftentimes during spiritual apathy, we tend to pretend like we're still good Christians. We pretend that we have a close walk with God. During spiritual apathy, we oftentimes act like we're doing well. But it's easy to pretend. During that time of spiritual apathy, we didn't really learn anything about who God is. And we didn't honestly, truly care about what God was trying to reveal to us. If you're stuck in apathy, oftentimes the trickiest part is recognizing and admitting that you're in that state. But the problem is, our sin separates us from God. And as much as we want to justify it in our own lives, our sin is what is keeping us from being spiritual. If sin separates you from God, then there can be times in which you have not brought that sin before God and asked for forgiveness. And then you are left with a lack of strength to fight past that sin. You're stuck. And it seems like there's nowhere you can go. And when you finally realize that you're stuck, it's too late and you feel as though 
God's not there. The good news is that God doesn't just leave us there. At that time, we're just acting out of character. Because God, if you are a Christian, has saved us from our sins. He has given us the power to overcome them. He has given us a way of escape. But we've just had a turn in our character. The good news is none of us are perfect. I like how Pastor says, if you ever find a perfect church, don't join it because it will be perfect no more. It couldn't be more true. We are not perfect. If we are doing something wrong in the eyes of God, then we need to bring it before Him and repent so that He may work through us in the way that He has planned. If sin is separating, from you, is separating you from God, no wonder there are times that we feel numb towards Him. Our sin separates us from God. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our sin is separation. The reason that you can't get to heaven without Christ is because your sin separates us from God. In our death... Death is separation. And if we don't have Christ as our Savior, then our sin is permanently separating us from Him. The only way past that is to ask His forgiveness, to trust in Him as our one and only Savior. One of the reasons that we can feel numb towards God is because of our spiritual apathy. The next reason that we can sometimes feel numb towards God is because of spiritual winters. Spiritual winters. If you would turn in your Bibles to Job chapter number 30. Job chapter number 30. And we're going to read in verse number 20. Job went through some feeling of numbness towards God. Verse number 20, it says, I cry unto thee, and thou dost not hear me. I stand up, and thou regardest me not. Thou art become cruel to me with thy strong hand. Thou opposeth thyself against me. Thou liftest me up to the wind. Thou causest me to ride upon it, and dissolvest my substance. For I know that thou wilt bring me to death into the house appointed for all the living. Everyone at some point in their lives will go through a spiritual winter where they feel like there's no connection between them and God. We'll all go through them. These are times when we will not feel anything. It will be hard to share the gospel. We might lose sight of what the gospel really is. Church won't seem to have any positive effect on our lives. The godly counsel of others may just return void. There won't seem to be any appeal to read our Bibles. I think the reality is that many of us have gone through difficult spiritual times like these. But these times don't come upon our lives for nothing. There will be a certain time in a Christian's life in which God will start to work on us. 
to take us from one stage of life to a more advanced stage in faith. This has to happen because God wants to purify us and moves us to grow deeper in our relationship with Him. When someone enters into a relationship with God, the Holy Spirit will nurture that soul like a mother would nurture a newborn baby. And God cares and comforts the infant soul by feeding it milk. But I'm sure as many of you know, a baby or a growing child cannot survive on just milk alone. There comes a time in that child's life when they start to have to eat something of more substance. Something that will nourish them beyond that point in their life. It's the same with baby Christians. There are different stages of our growth in Christianity. We can't just survive our entire Christian lives only on the milk of the Word. There will come a time in our lives when we need the strong meat of the Word of God to nourish our spiritual lives. When our faith is young, we are full and content and on fire, and on fire for God because we take delight in Him. We begin to pray with urgency and perseverance and we get involved in religious activities that nourish our souls. But then there will t- come a time which God wants to take us deeper and into a fuller, more mature stage of Christian growth. And then comes a spiritual winter. We weren't ready for it. We weren't ready for this next stage. We weren't prepared for it. And when all of a sudden we feel as though we, are, we have stopped growing and it doesn't seem like the things we were doing are working anymore, when our faith is challenged, rather than depending on God through it, we withdraw. We fall back on our old ways. But the problem is, Jesus is our root system. He is our foundation. And when we are held down by our foundation and remain faithful, we can survive the winter until springtime comes. The wonderful thing about spiritual winters is that there will always be a spring to follow. But through the winter, we must remain rooted in Christ. If we don't remain rooted during these difficult times, then the winter will swallow us up and we will fade away and then we'll have to start over again. But if we remain rooted in the spring, the once dead looking tree blooms will soon have life and color. We have to remember that through it all, through every spiritual winter that we face, God might be working in us in a way that we would never expect. It's all because of His love. God wants us to grow up. His love is not content to leave us in our own weaknesses. This is why He lets winters come. In doing this, He is able to take away all of our vices and create virtues within us. No soul will ever grow up unless God allows us to go through winters. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalm chapter number 42. Psalm chapter number 42. 
in verse number 1. It says, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. If we stay faithful, if we stay rooted in God and we continue to thirst after His Word and desire time with God and pursue our relationship with God, then after the winter we will face the spring. We'll be able to pour out our soul towards Him and praise Him for getting us through the difficult times. Sometimes we feel numb towards God because of our spiritual apathy. Sometimes we feel numb towards God because of spiritual winters. And thirdly, we'll face numbness towards God through our use of time. When it comes to God and your relationship with Him, the more and more time that the relationship goes on, the more and more effort you need to keep on top of it to make it work. In order to grow in your relationship with God, you have to continue to pursue Him. There will never come a point in time in our lives when we arrive in our relationship with God until we see Him in glory. Here on this earth, we will constantly struggle with our relationship with Him. In the beginning, the passion is there. You're excited to get together with fellow believers and it all seems to be really easy. But then as time goes on, the years go by and the things that you get used to are no longer exciting to you. The simple things in spirituality that seem to make you happy and bring joy and excitement into your life seem to become monotonous. We fail to keep that passion going. The Bible has a lot to say about time. And the most important thing that it says is something we already know. That our time on this earth is limited. That time can be used or it can be wasted. It can be invested or squandered. But either way, once our time is used, it can never be regained. Time matters because we we have such a limited supply. The most famous passage, or one of the most famous in the Bible about time, reminds us that there is a time for everything in life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn. A time to dance. We always seem to take the time to do everything we want to do. But we're not always wise with our time. And sometimes the things that we, don't, that we want to do don't always line up with the things that we need to do. 
But as followers of God, we need to realize that all of our time belongs to Him. Our priorities are all messed up. And how we spend our lives on this earth creates an issue. The Bible in Matthew 6 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In this instance, we could almost rephrase that into, Where your time is, there will your heart be also. Whatever you spend the most time doing, that is what your heart is looking for. That is what you are showing your heart desires. In this time, it's so easy to get carried away watching a movie or reading a book or spending time having fun, but through it all, there are times when we feel like it's a struggle to make time for God. Our lack of feeling towards God is because we do not have this sense of urgency to get our relationship right with Him. How are we supposed to feel God, know God, talk to God, or spend time with God can't even take the time out of our day to be with God. If we were to never pay attention to our family throughout a day or a week or even longer, how would that make them feel? How would your relationship grow during those times? And what if you said after not spending a week, a month, or even a year with your family, whose fault would it be if you came to the point where you didn't really feel anything towards them anymore? If you were the one that didn't spend the time, or make the time, whose fault is it? The same thing goes with God. If you aren't willing to take a portion of your day to spend with God, how do you expect to feel the presence of God in your life? If you're not willing to spend some time in prayer and reading your Bible and dwelling on the things of God, how do you expect God to speak to you? If your family calls and you never answer, how are you going to hear from them? God's trying to talk to us. He wants to talk to us. But if you never answer, then how are you going to know that He's there? Where's your time spent? No wonder we're not feeling God because we become spiritually apathetic. We allow our spiritual lives to just waste away. Rather than than forcing ourselves to be on fire for God, rather than repenting and turning away from the sin that besets us, we allow it to overrun us. No wonder we don't feel the presence of God because we allow our sins to build up in our lives and we are too prideful to take them to God for help. No wonder we can't feel God because we face a spiritual winter and we feel as though God has given up on us, but all that He was trying to do was to help us grow. 
Rather than relying on Him for the nourishment that we need during those times, we turn to other things to comfort us. Rather than relying on the Word of God to get us through, rather than relying on spiritual godly counsel, rather than spending time in His Word and in His house, we stray. No wonder we can't feel God. No wonder we feel numb to God when we can't even give Him the time of day. When we can't even take a few moments out of our day to focus on Him. What is it, what is it in your life that is keeping you from feeling the presence of God? The life of faith is a journey with God that begins with the moment we trust in Jesus. The Christian life is about learning to give up control of the things that we never really controlled in the first place. Time matters because time is the stuff of life, and when time is gone, so is our life on this earth. So what I do at the moments of my life, the opportunities that I take, the people that I talk to, the path that I follow, all of it will matter sooner or later. Someday for me and for you, our time will be no more. All of us are slaves to time more than we think. So many of us are glued to our phones. So much so that we talk over the phone or through text messaging than we ever do in person. We become so absorbed in ourselves that we forget to spend time with the people that are important and first and foremost, we forget to spend time with God. Time has become a currency in life. For most of us, time matters more than money does. There are times we'll spend extra money to save on time. How much time do you have left? We don't know. The time that we have on this earth is different for each individual. Who knows, you might have a lot of time left. Or maybe for others, their time is quickly fading away. Just several chapters over from where we were in Psalms, in Psalm chapter number 90, in verse number 12, the Bible says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Have you ever numbered your days literally? It's kind of hard to do because we don't know how many days we have left. But that's the point. Numbering your days keeps us from the ultimate folly, thinking that we will live forever and that we'll always have tomorrow to do what we put off today. You know, if someone knows that they're going to die tomorrow, they begin to become more focused on what is truly important. Most of us don't think that we're going to die tomorrow, and that's why we let time just slide by. 
But the time that matters most in this life is the time that we spend doing things for Christ. Our sin separates us from God. We really have to acknowledge that. If we're harboring sin in our lives, then we never really will feel the presence of God in our lives. We need to acknowledge it. We might go through winters in which God bids us to get off the baby formula and move to some solid stake in our faith journey. These are the times in our lives where spending more time with God is the most crucial to dig our roots deeper and deeper in Him and His Word so that we may survive. And the truth is, we don't know how much time on this earth we have left. But I will say that the majority of us seem to have lost our sense of urgency in our relationship with God. Especially in the lives of young people even. We think that we'll always have tomorrow to take our faith to the next level. We think that we have all the time in the world, but in reality, who knows how much we really have left. The time that matters is the time we spend with God, making Him the priority. Why not make this day a day worth remembering, acknowledging that our sin is separating us from Him. That we need to be rooted in Him through the winters and make tonight count in our choice to put our heart in His with our time. We don't need to feel numb towards God. God never leaves us. God will never forsake us. The problem is us. We have to see that spiritual winters are intended to grow us. We need to realize that every moment that we spend with God is precious. And if we stay strong through those times that are difficult, we'll realize soon that the numbness will go away. The sense of feeling the presence of God will return shortly. The numbness doesn't have to stay when it comes to feeling God. And the truth is, our feelings lie to us. Because God is always there. Whether or not we feel His presence, whether or not we hear His voice, whether or not we feel that He is working in our lives, God is always there. Even when we feel like He's not even when we feel like He's not listening or not speaking, the Scriptures tell us that He will never leave nor forsake us. God has a plan for each and every one of us. As we learned this morning, God wants to have an encounter with us on a daily basis. God wants to work changes in our lives. He wants to be there for us. He wants us to turn to Him in our times of trouble. He doesn't want us to fade away in the winters. God wants us to grow strong and grow deep roots in His Word. 
but we're too petty to realize that he's just trying to help us. Just like the children of Israel, we too soon forget all the great things that he has done for us. And we turn against him. We allow ourselves to stray away. We turn to the things of the world and what we deem that is working for the world. We look at their lives and we see that they're dishonest and that they don't really care about the time that they spend and all that they care about is living it up and having fun in the moment and they seem successful. They seem happy. They seem like they've got it all together, but in reality, it's all just a lie. It's all a lie to keep us distracted from what really matters. To keep us from truly feeling the presence of God in our lives. It numbs us to His call. It numbs us to His still small voice. You know, one thing that I've noticed, and even in my own generation, is it seems like there's always noise going on. Whether it be having earphones in and listening to music or watching a video, it seems like no matter what's going on, there seems to always be some sort of noise. And sometimes we fill our lives with so much noise that we can't hear when God is trying to speak with us trying to tell us something in that still small voice. Oftentimes we expect God to talk to us with a loud and booming voice, actively directing us where we should go in our lives, but oftentimes He's quiet, waiting for you to listen. waiting for you to turn down some of the noise so that you can hear him. So that you can draw close to him. You know, there are times in my life where it seems like maybe I'm hard of hearing, maybe I'm just selective in my hearing, but there are times that people try to get my attention and I just can't hear it. One thing that I'm notorious for is there will be times when Becky is trying to talk to me and she'll turn away from me. So she'll be kind of talking over this way, but I'm behind her or something. I'm like, I can't hear you. You're not looking at me. I can't hear what you're saying right now. And I don't know if that's me or if it's her. I don't know really what's going on. It's probably just me. But when I'm trying to hear something, when something is important to me, in order to hear it, you know what I do? I want to shut out the noise. I want to turn everything down. I don't want loud music blaring. I don't want to be in a big group of people that are all shouting and yelling and screaming. I want to be drawn in close. I want to be able to listen, to hang on to every word that is being spoken. That's how we should treat God. If God is really important to us, then we'll shut out some of the noise. The noise of the world that is keeping us away from Him. To tune some of that out so that we can draw 
in close to God to hear what he is trying to say. God's always there. God is always listening. God is always wanting to work a change in your life. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Even when we are spiritually apathetic, even when we do turn away from Him despite God only trying to help us, even when we do forget to manage our time wisely so that we can spend time with God, even though we can forget Him, He never forgets us. He never stops wanting to have a relationship with us. You know, as human beings, when someone decides to stop talking to us, what do we want to do in return? We want to stop talking back. You know, you see it a lot in little kids. If someone's not talking to them, what do they do? They make a bigger deal of them not talking to the other person, right? But God never wants to stop listening. God never wants to stop speaking. We're the ones that stop listening. We're the ones that stop speaking. We're the ones that stray away. The only reason that God is ever distant in our lives is because we choose to keep Him there. No matter which one of these three is causing you to feel numb towards God, tonight you can refine His presence. You can retune your senses to feel His presence, to hear His voice, to see where He's leading you. And this morning I talked about how I wasn't really sure what God wanted me to do with my life. Once I had decided finally after my encounter with Him that I was going to do what He had asked me to do. In those times, all I had to do was pray. I spent time with God. I wanted to draw close to God. I wanted to listen to His leading. Maybe God isn't necessarily directly leading your path. In the meantime, just do what you know is right. If you don't know what God has for you, do what you know He wants you to do. And He'll make it clear. He'll make it obvious. When God stops actively leading, we, sit, we tend to stray away. But in the meantime, we just need to listen. We need to do what's right. You know, as a child, well, an older child, there were times in my life where my parents would leave me and my sister at home. Now, there are things that we tried to get away with when they weren't home that we would have not have dreamed of trying to do when they were home. Because we felt like no one was listening, no one was watching. No one was going to find out. 
we strayed away from what we knew was right. Even though in those times when we feel numb to the presence of God and feel as though He is not there, He is always watching, He is always with us, He is always listening and trying to speak to us. And yet we seem to try to get away with whatever we can when we feel as though He is not there. And maybe we do know that He's there, but we just try to shut Him out. The only reason that we feel numb to God is because of what we bring upon ourselves. Because we haven't strived to do what was right. Even when we felt as though He wasn't there. The choice is ours. Will you be numb towards God? Or will you dig your roots so deep that there's nothing that can separate you from drawing in close to God and hearing and feeling His presence? He'll never leave us nor forsake us. God is always there. We're the ones that leave God. Because He promises to never leave us. If you would, where you are, bow your heads and close your eyes. Just take a moment to think about which one of these three things in your life is causing you to be numb towards the things of God. Is it spiritual apathy? At one time or another, I know each and every one of us struggles with sin. We struggle with things in our lives that keep us away from God. But the first step is to acknowledge what is causing us to be spiritually apathetic. If you're numb to the things of God because of sin in your life, then Christian, I pray that God will bring to your mind what is keeping you away from Him and that You will work in your heart to reinvigorate your spiritual life. That you would admit to God to bring your struggles before God. He wants to listen. He wants to hear your voice. He wants you to admit defeat. And He wants you to rely on Him to get you through it. He wants to help you with your spiritual apathy. While we've sat and wasted away spiritually, He's never left us. And all He wants us to do is to turn back to in sincere meat of His Word. Maybe right now, Christian, you're in a spiritual winter. You feel as though God is not there and you feel like no matter what you do to try to be spiritual, there are things that just aren't working. Well, maybe God is trying to help you grow. Maybe there are some changes in your life that you need to make to help you dig deeper into His Word. To stop relying on the milk of the Word from others, but that you would dig into the meat for yourself in the Word of God, and that you would strive to have a better relationship with God so that when the winter passes, you won't have faded away, but that 
It would bring forth new blossoms of fruit for having stayed faithful. Maybe, Christian, you're struggling with your time. In this busy life, it's hard to find time for God. But maybe that's what you need to surrender is turn to God and say, God, I've been struggling with spending time with you. You need to ask God that He would reinvigorate your life, your faith. Realize what's really important in this life. No matter how much money you make, no more, no matter how many earthly possessions you build up, our time is short. And none of that will last throughout eternity. Only that which is done for Christ will last. The numbness doesn't have to stay. But we'll pro- prolong it if we don't make the changes necessary to end it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask that you would be with each and every one of us who has heard from your word this evening. That God, for those that are numb right now to you and to your presence, that they would figure out that you would lead them to know what issues are keeping them from feeling your presence, from growing in you, or from spending time with you. God, I just ask that you would make it painfully clear what we need to change in our own hearts so that we can draw close to you. So that we can shut out some of the noise that is keeping us from hearing your still small voice. God, I ask that you would be with those that maybe don't have a relationship with you yet. That God, you would reveal to them in your word that they can know for sure that they have a relationship with you. God, I'm so thankful for the opportunity that we have to freely worship you. And for the opportunities that we have to stay open during this pandemic. God, I ask that you would please be with the churches that are struggling with those rights. That you would grant them courage and safety. And that you would just work in the lives of the people of our country and in the countries around the world. That you would just work a revival in the hearts of your people. That we would draw close to you. I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so thankful for all of you who have tuned in this evening, and I pray that the message that God had laid on my heart was a blessing to you and to your families, and I ask that you wouldn't soon forget it, but that in your life you would meditate sincerely on the Word of God, that He would bring about a change in your lives, and in the lives of the people that you have an influence on. I'm thankful to our pastor for giving me the opportunity to share what's been on my heart. Continue to be in prayer for the Sharp family and 
and for our pastor and Mrs. Chapel that you would just grant them comfort and safety. Meant through all of this that uh, God would receive all the glory from it. I know God has a plan through all that is going on, but we have to just strive to continue to have faith that He is in control through it all. Thank you.